This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, I want to bring you a message today entitled uh, Following Jesus. Have we been on that series for a while? We're going to stay there, possibly, who knows? But Following Jesus, and here's the uh, the title for today, is You Can't Follow from the Front. Well, let's bow our heads today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. I do pray, Lord, that you will speak to us clearly and just give us guidance. Lord, we need you. Come on, help me pray that. Lord, we need you. We need you to change our lives. We need you to grow who we are, and we want to become more like Jesus. Lord, we pray for those many that have uh, dealing with sickness today. Lord, that you will bring healing into their bodies and go, Lord, through, uh, even through this moment right now. Let them feel your Holy Spirit. For those that are dealing with the loss of their loved ones, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen them as well. Let your hand cover them, protect them, and guide them. Lord, as it's touched, uh, yet even two of our pastor's families this week have lost people. And Lord, I pray that you'll speak to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So I want to bring you a message today on, if you, how many of you just know this to be a simple truth? You can't follow if you're leading the way. Okay, so important. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1 begins like this. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left the Achaia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. So I want to put this in perspective, and I want you to understand what's happened. They have heard their whole lives that you're going to go into the promised land. You're about to enter into the place that God created for you. It has been something they have been waiting for since childhood. Many of them born into the wilderness, and they've been waiting for this moment. As they approach this moment, they now have come to the very edge, which is the Jordan River, and they're looking over inside the promise. And for three days, they're camping there. And as they're camping there, they're getting more and more excited day by day. They're ready to cross the river. They're ready to possess the promise. How many of you are ready to get into what God's created for your life? Can I see your hand? Well, I've got a message for you today. The scripture says three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. This is so, so important. It says, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, notice this, move out from your positions and do what? Follow them. We've been talking about following. You cannot follow from the front, but you need to get, fall in behind them and follow them. This is important. Why do you need to follow them? Notice this, you need to follow them because you have never been this way before. Since you have never traveled this way before, they're going to show you how to walk. When you don't know the way, the best thing to do is follow somebody. Now I know that goes against some of your sense of direction. When we first got together, Christina and I, 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 I believe that, that I, I'll confess, she had the better sense of direction. I could get lost in, 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 in my own yard, it felt like sometimes. 
But she would always say, turn right, turn right, or turn left. And, t- and it always worked out for our good until one day she had an appendicitis and they took out her appendix. And ever since they took out her appendix, I told her I discovered what the appendix is good for. It's your sense of direction. Come on, amen. Because the minute that disappeared, that gift left her life. You see, it's important to to have someone to follow who's walked this way before. Now, I'd love to tell you that that the, that the way that you could always find somebody who's lived through what you've lived through and, and copy them, and most of the time you can you can find someone who has some skills that you're going to need. But I would love to also declare to you the word of the living God today that says that He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and he's the last. That tells me that God, watch this, God's already been where you're needing to go. He's already out there ahead of you and God can guide you through every step that you need to make. Can I get an amen for that? He says, because you don't know where you're going, so follow them since you've never traveled this way before. But here's what I think for those of you who are serious Bible students, you need to underline in your Bibles. You need to mark them up today or highlight them in your phones or however how you do that now. But you need to listen to this. It says, I've never seen this before, and it's significant. He says, I want you to stay. Help me. I want you to do what? Stay about half a mile behind the ark, behind them. I want you to stay half a mile back from where they are. Keep a clear distance between you and the ark. This is so important. I want you to stay back about, and it's about, the King James says 2,000 cubits back. It says make sure you don't close the gap, but maintain the distance. Don't come any closer. Keep yourself positioned far enough back that you are about half a mile back from the presence of the Lord. I'm going to show you something I've never seen in the word before. But I have to tell you that I understand the excitement the children of Israel had. How many of you have ever been one of those kids that maybe your parents pull over and you're on an extended vacation somewhere and they stop beside the beach and and before long you 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 turn around and 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 you look and and the kids are gone and they they're taking off and you're looking for them you're trying to find them we were trying to find our little one one day and I I was talking to my friend and I said where did the kids go and we couldn't find the kids anywhere and we were looking and we were calling their names and calling their names and and calling their phone and they couldn't find the phone and they couldn't find a her and then all of a sudden the mom says all right I've got them I've got to find my phone how many are thankful for find my phone find my phone and they they hit the the marker and they were about a mile down the beach they just went walking down the beach they got back they said what were you doing and so we just started talking and we started walking back toward the condo. We said, that's a great thing, but the condo is 12 miles that way and you were a mile that way. Come on now. See, sometimes in life, in the excitement of the moment, you get distracted. In the excitement of the moment, you go the wrong direction. In the excitement of the moment, you get busy talking about what you're talking about and focused on what you're focused on. That's so key. I want you to get this. And because you're focused on what you're focused on, you lose track of where you are. 
And all the excitement, before long, you're leading your own life. In all your own wisdom, you're diving into uncharted waters of what you don't know is right under the surface. I mean, we pray prayers like this. We say, God, lead me and guide me. God, go before me into battle. We sing songs about the Lord that goes before us into the battle. And we talk about going and following Jesus and God going before us and all of these kind of things. But I think the problem is that most of us find ourselves overzealous, over-encouraged, thinking we're greater than we think we are, and we end up realizing something, that we're not only not following God's leadership, that watch this now, but instead we're expecting God to be following and keeping up with us. Now that's where the children of Israel are. They're chomping at the bit. They have been raised in the wilderness. They understand the presence of God. They understand the the power of God. The children of Israel now have for three days, three to how long? Three days they have camped outside the promise. They can see the milk and honey. They can see the land of promise. They can see what God has for them. They're ready to go for three days. They've been waiting, ready to get across into what God has called them to get across into. But the problem is this. If they get ahead of the presence of God, if they get ahead of the move of God, they'll find themselves distracted and they'll find themselves a mile in the wrong direction. Listen, I'm preaching to somebody. They'll find themselves following their life's plans and they'll be missing out on the miracle of walking in the purpose that God created you for. Dare I say that if they had went on their own, they would have found themselves allured by the promises that flowed. They would have found themselves allured by the sin of the land. They would have been captivated, these wilderness dwellers, by the large cities. And instead of taking the cities, they would have moved in the cities. I think that's part of the problem for the church today. We've become allured with the land that lays in front of us. Instead of changing the cities, we become part of the cities. Do you know one of the things I think that has hindered the move of the Holy Spirit in this land today? It's because the churches that believe in the move of the Spirit of God have gone from the wrong side of the tracks to the best and be- uh, uh, biggest churches in the town. Why? Because everybody realizes we need what you have. But when they realize we need what you have, all of a sudden we exchange the presence for the position. Don't make me do both sides of this. Let me say it again. We will exchange the glory that manifests, that heals people, delivers people, and sets them free because we're finally thankful that our neighbors can join us in church and we don't have to be afraid of what they're going to experience. Can I tell you, your neighbors don't need something pretty that will not change their life. What they need is a move of the power and the presence of the living God that will shake their world, heal their souls, deliver their marriages, and move them forward. Does anybody know what I'm preaching about this one? I'm looking for some blood-bought children of the king who want a move of God. All right, how am I going to get a move of God? God says it very simple. He says, if you want a move of God, if you want to possess the promise, watch this is what he says. He says, follow the ark. Follow the ark. Look ahead and find the sign of God's presence and follow it. 
Now you have to understand what the ark was. We're not talking about Noah's ark. We're talking about the ark of the covenant. The ark of the covenant was a box that, that was big enough for a man to actually kneel down in and have it cover him. But uh, it, it contained all kinds of different things. The tablets and the manna and the rod and all these different things were inside the ark. But in this golden box, there was two cherubim that were on top of this box. And those two cherubim that were on top of this box were bending over a place called the mercy seat, okay? And the mercy seat, say mercy seat with me. The mercy seat is where the presence of God dwelt. And they knew that when you saw the, the, the ark moving, the presence was moving. When you saw the ark moving, the power of God was moving. And God said, listen, I'm about to change your world. You've grown up under the cover of the fire by night that kept you warm and the shade of the cloud by day that kept you from burning up during the day the manna has fallen and fed you don't forget what I've done for you and don't forget because that's all about to change your world's about to change and when it changes there's going to be all of these distractions that are going to come around you and these distractions are going to try to pull you down and pull you back but don't give up don't back down you find the ark and you pursue the presence you pursue a move of God you pursue the power of God and you'll be okay but here's what I love what he said here I'd never seen before he says and this is significant he says I want you when you follow the ark to keep a distance of 2,000 cubits that's 3,000 feet or eight and one-third football fields back I've always preached, get as close to the presence as possible. But he said, I want you to pursue the presence at a distance. Where is Isaiah? Isaiah is a perfect illustration of this. I would love to tell you there was a time in my life when I had hair like Isaiah. There was a time in my life when I was skinny like Isaiah. When I was in diapers. But anyways, come on now, amen. All right. Now, when I see Isaiah, stand right here. All right. Hold my hand over his head. You think I'm anointing you for something, don't you? Amen. Watch this. When I see Isaiah, and if this represents the ark, when I'm too close to Isaiah, I can't see the presence. When I, I'm too focused on the person around me, I can't see the presence when I'm too focused on the problem I'm dealing with. I can't see the presence. I can't see the presence through Isaiah. Why? Because he's between me and the power and the presence of God. Let me just proclaim this over you. Some of you have somebody who's standing between you and a move of God in your life. You can't forgive them. You can't get deliverance from them. You can't shake them. And they're between you and a move of God in your life. So the word says, keep a proper perspective. Okay? So now I still see Isaiah, but I can still see the presence. I still 
Wonder, is this the type young man that I sow into? Is he, is there a call of God on his life? What relationship do I need to have with this young man? What situation do I need to know him with? You see, I'm looking at him as a pastor trying to figure out how to sow into his life, but I can also not be so focused on him that I lose sight of the power and the presence. I'm preaching to somebody because here's the problem. If I lose sight of the power and the presence I, and he fails me and he wrongs me, then I don't know where to go and I don't know how to walk this way before because I've been too focused on him and I have lost sight of the presence and the power of God. If your problem is everybody keeps letting you down, you're looking too closely at them. You need to take a step back. You need to find where God is and you need to get your eyes on God. And even though you have to interact with people around you, you keep walking toward God no matter what. Can I get an amen for that today? If you'll say amen a little bit louder, I'll preach a little bit faster. Amen? amen. Now watch this. See, I deal with him as a pastor, but there's going to be some young lady walking along, and she's going to go, and she's going to go, Whoo, Isaiah. Are you with me? And when she goes, Whoo, Isaiah, he's going to go, Woo, whoever you are, not going to embarrass anybody for you today. Watch this. She's like, don't call my name. All right. And so when he goes, woo, and she goes, woo, the problem is if he lets her get in between him and the presence, he'll end up powerless and in defeat. But if he will deal with the relationship with one eye on the presence and another one trying to decide if this is God's will, you see how that happens? You see, you're going to deal with people differently. Thank you, Isaiah. Give him a hand. Let him know how proud you are. You're going to deal with people differently. If somebody's wronged you and all you can do is see the wrong, you can't find the presence and the power to get healed. Take a step back. I mean, you're going, Pastor, that's what I've been trying to do. I'm trying to take a step back. No, no, take a step back and get to know the power of God. Now, here's what I found very intriguing. That the, the distance they gave, somebody say Distance. The distance they gave of 2,000 cubits was, listen to me carefully, roughly the distance that was allowed to be walked on the Sabbath. Where God said, if you go beyond this distance, he said, keep your, keep the distance. He said, because if you walk further than this, You've stepped out of my plan for your life and you've stepped out of my purposes into your own purposes. Here's the problem. We see the power, we see the presence, and we see the victory on the other side of it, and we end up doing what my brother and I used to do when mom would set out two bowls of ice cream on the counter. She'd say, now don't run, so we're scooting as fast as we can. Come on now. I'm walking like an old man, but you know what I'm talking about. Fast as we can. And you know what? We were trying to get in front of the other one without running, and he always won because he just tripped me. You know what's fair is you're trying to decide who's getting more. But he got there first, so he got the more. But half of you, listen to I'm speaking the word, 
Here's the problem. You see what you think you want on the other side of God's presence, and the only thing that's going to bring you there is God's presence. But somewhere right about here, you get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God. If you have to exchange the glory for the gift, it's the wrong gift. Am I preaching truth? Don't exchange the glory for the gift. Let me hurry. The problem is that we need to answer a couple questions. The question I want to ask you today is, are you following the ark or are you following the crowd? Because if you've got a right perspective on the presence of God and you're following him, when somebody says this, it's not going to distract you and cause you to get off track and abandon the presence and power of God. You're going to see it for what it is. A lie of the devil. Somebody said, Pastor, I just can't find a reason to praise today. I made a mistake. I turned on the news this morning. Can I tell you something? I'm not following the crowd, and the news is not going to rob my joy because, you see, I heard the good news, and the good news is that Jesus is alive, and in the end, it's settled in the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have a good news and a good gospel and a good hope that comes through Christ. So what do you need to be? You need to become spirit-filled, full of pursuing the presence and power of God. That you're pursuing him. For those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God, the daughters of God. The question is, are you spirit-filled or are you full of self? Because you'll never be spirit-filled if you're so busy focusing on self. Were you spirit-led or are you frozen by fear? See, when I'm too close on something, I freeze in fear. But when I find the power... I realize that the same God who brought me this far can take me past this and can take me past this. And see, there's a story in the Bible that I'll preach until the day I die. I love this story. This story is powerful. There's a king whose land is surrounded by an army. And this is the message that comes to him. This shall be a sign unto you. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. You shall call him Emmanuel. I mean, you know that scripture. I mean, sending it on a Christmas card in your life. And we always quote it, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. But that's not what the passage says. The passage says, watch this, this shall be a sign unto you. Read it. In Isaiah, this shall be a sign unto you. And what is the sign? What does that mean? I mean, it's not random. We think the scripture is random and, 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 and uh, uh, obtuse in his points, but it's very direct. He says, listen to this, it's so important. He says, I want you to listen to me, king. Isaiah steps up and says, King, I know you're going out and you're about to survey this massed army that's all around you. And I know you think you're going to die. Worst case scenario, they would let him live. Worst case scenario was they would take him, slaughter his children in front of him and put out his eyes so that's the last thing that he would ever see and let him live. But here's the problem with that. He at least hoped they would kill him 
because he knew that his life was over because there was no way the people of Jerusalem could protect and defeat this army, protect their own people and defeat the army that was around them. He knew it was over. And as, as he's walking to his death to see the ones that are going to take his life, Isaiah steps up and says, hey, hey, king, ask God for a sign. It's going to be all right. And the king says, I won't ask God for a sign. In other words, I don't have enough faith to believe that God's bigger than that. God said, God said through Isaiah, he said, this shall be a sign unto you. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. Now, you want to shout over that, but you don't get it. I mean, think about it. If, if, if your whole car was surrounded by, by people intent on killing you, and I yelled from across the street, Ask God for a sign you're going to live. And you go, what? Ask God for a sign you're going to live. You go, I don't think it's possible. And I said, a virgin's going to get pregnant and have a child. How many of you would think that's a waste of your time at that moment? But the minute he said it, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to stand in reverence to what God's going to do. The minute he said it, This king who was frozen by fear, the unction of the Holy Ghost moved down inside of him because the minute he said it, he straightened his garment and he knew the army was still there, but God wasn't through with him yet. Why? Because he knew that what he was talking about was the Messiah and he knew that the Messiah would come through the line of the family of David and he knew he was the line of the family of David. So what Isaiah was saying to him was this, God's promise is inside of you. As long as you pursue the plan of God, the devil can't take you out until you birth and move into the place that God's promise has been fulfilled in your life. And when the devil told you you weren't going to get up again, you arise and you shake yourself and you march on for the glory of God. Why? Because when God said it, it doesn't matter who comes against you. If God said he's going to use you, he's going to give you victory he's going to bring you through you can count it come hell high water or armies you're going to win you're going to go through it and you're going to survive bow your heads in this place first service got the whole sermon second service got half the sermon you guys got one third of the sermon God's speaking to your heart. Some of you will confess with me. You've let something get between you and the presence. You've let something get between you and the power. I'm going to call it out right now. Nobody looking around, everybody praying. You're here and you say, Pastor, I've let my past get between me and the presence of God. I want to see your hand. Hold it up high. Yeah, hands all over this place. Put those down real quick. Somebody in this place has said, my present is in between me and God. Let me see your hand. That's another batch of you. Put those down. And some of you say, my worry about a future that I can't even change has robbed me of the move or the joy of God in my life. Let me see your hand. Wow, hands all over this place. You raise your hand at any point, I want you to join me with your hand in the air now. Hold it up high. Those watching, those listening, 
This is your moment to engage as well. Living God, forgive us for letting things get between us and the presence. Lord, we've, we've allowed our bitterness and our, our unforgiveness and our, our sin and our, our being allured by the darkness of the world we've walked into to distract us. But Holy Ghost of the living God, forgive us for getting ahead of you. Forgive us for trying to dictate to you. Now we simply confess to you that we have to have you. Everything that's hindered us is sin and falls aside now. Come on now. Falls aside now by the authority of Jesus Christ. And this shall be a sign unto you that the Lord himself shall work his promises in your life. And what you thought was going to take you out is simply going to be the route that the Messiah will be proclaimed to all that will hear. Look what God has done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Put your hands down for just a moment. Talking to those watching, I'm talking to those present. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't have a part in this promise. I don't have a part in his presence. But from this moment forward, I want a part and I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, could I see your hand right where you are? Would you hold it up high so I know to pray with you today? Would you hold that hand up so I can see it? Pray with you today as God's going to change your life for eternity. Thank you, sir. Is there another? Thank you, young man. Is there another? Is there another? We'll join with these two. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others that will join with these? This is your moment. This is your time. This is your opportunity. All right, we're going to pray a prayer of confession with them now by faith and believing, by faith and declaration. All right, I want every voice in this place lifted high. The Bible says that we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead. We would be born again. So let's pray together right now. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I receive your grace. From this moment forward, I will live for you. I will pursue you above all else. And now I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise today. Hallelujah, you can do better than that. Give God a praise. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.